Salutations and shit guys. Welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit. I am your host, D. Carrie, and if you are watching on the YouTubes, you know that I believe in protecting black youth. Um, welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit guys. Um, your new favorite travel podcast where we have a discussion more about the experience of travel and how your life has changed versus um, the destination where you went and etc etc so today I have painstakingly tried my absolute black ass best to give you guys better visual I broke out the old school MacBook for this because I could not find uh, software to use the DSLR that I currently own which is a T3 and um, there's a T3i floating out there someplace that I lent it to someone um, but working on getting that back anyway so welcome back and in the interest of technology working I'm gonna just try to get to the shit um, Binksy says hello so announcements merch there is currently merch available you can go to travelandshippodcast.com click on shop if you're interested in buying a t-shirt a tote socks uh, <clears throat> a mug should you be watching on the YouTubes just took a sip um what else are there t-shirts mugs magnets magnet the magnets the magnets came in i'm excited about the merch if you're interested and if you too are excited head over to travelandshippodcast.com support the kid you know what i mean these uh episodes don't pay for themselves beats on film is a highly reputable and um, highly experienced uh, videographer, let alone audio um, engineer. And um, I got to pay for this nigga. So helping a guy out. Appreciate y'all. Um, so there's merch. Um, May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. And for me personally, being that I am quarantined in my home in New York, I have found so much joy in plants. Thank you to the good folks at jordansjungle.net. Um, thank you, Jordan. Uh, he has graciously given Travel and Shit gift cards. So if you follow the Travel and Shit mailer, you have a chance to win a $50 gift card. And there's going to be a social media giveaway where there'll be um, a number of $25 gift cards. It is my personal favorite nursery to buy um, plants from because they are inexpensive and because they ship quickly. Um, you'll get yourself within seven to 10 days from ordering, not seven to 10 days from when they decide to process it. But in my experience, I've received them in a week and I've seen people receive them within four days. So that's what I'm gonna say about that. Join the mailer list if you're interested in winning a gift card to purchase some plants to liven the home if you're so interested. And I also have a 15% uh, discount code if, again, if you're interested. 
in my um, Instagram bio, or you can absolutely go to Travel Shit Podcast. It should be someplace on there as well. But the fastest way to find it is going to my Instagram and just clicking the link on the bio. I am underscore D Carrie, C A R R I E, just the letter D. So it's underscore D C A R R I E. If you would like to find the 15% discount code or to sign up for the mailing list, you can also do the mailing list on the website. And what's the last? I have a whiteboard back here. Um, oh, if you're a listener, I would really appreciate you taking the listener survey so that I can get to know my listeners better and actually offer you guys things that are of interest to you. And I can actually um, touch on topics that you guys are interested in and also interested in and also get to know you better. I really hate doing long um, intros. I'd really rather jump to the point, but those three points I really wanted to get across to you. So thanks for sticking with me, and uh, let's get and let's. Um, I don't fucked up the audio, and let's get to it. So um, I took a bunch of notes. So if you're watching, you may see me reference it. And you know what? Actually, I hope you are watching because I really did go through quite the effort to get you guys better visual. Um, also, this is a boozy episode. I think I'm on like my third drink because, bitch, a time. Okay? When I tell you it's been a time trying to get this shit together, nigga, it's been a time. But alas, here we are. COVID. I haven't really done... A, an episode where I discuss all the little articles that I've come across that are trying to give us a an idea of what we can expect travel to look like after the restrictions lift. At this point, we are in New York. Can't say shit about your state, but in New York, to my understanding, we're still quarantined. I don't have cable. This is all streaming. So I can't necessarily say what all is um, going on outside, honestly. But I know that some states have opened. New York, thank God, has not. However, as a traveler, I'd be amiss if I didn't at least look into little things that I may need to, um, I guess you can say, make myself aware of so that when the climate has relaxed a bit or when the climate has settled and travel does become more of a priority, I'll know exactly what I have to get into. One of the things that I've looked into is, um, passport renewal. My passport expires in 2021, about middle of the year 2021. Um, in my mind, I'm like, well, shit, if it's going to take forever, I might as well renew it now. I looked at the, um, what do you call it? Travel.gov or state.travel.gov, whatever that way. Actually, I wrote it down. The website for that is travel.state.gov. So you can go to that website and get a lot of federal travel information, if you will. If you're looking for information in regards to what visas or what um, 
immunizations you may need to visit a certain location or a certain destination you can go to that website to get that information on that website essentially uh, passport office is not processing anything that is not emergent so at this point even though I've got about um, give or take a year until my passport expires they ain't gonna renew the shit now and they're not gonna renew it until things kind of level out so for my personal well-being I am hoping that everything kind of cools out by the end of the year so that I still have six months or so to renew my passport because a lot of destinations that you go to require that you have six months of an open um six months until your passport expires in order for you to travel you know comfortably within their borders so essentially certain things that i've been getting emails about from the different i guess i'll mention that um condi nast condi nast excuse me uh travel noir those are the primary emails that I actually pay attention to that come into my inbox. Um, for the most part, I don't really subscribe to too, too many different um, publications, if you will, in an attempt to get travel information. Um, but I've also you know, I'm on Facebook, so, and if you're a Facebook person and you're interested in joining Facebook uh, groups and liking stuff, feel free to uh, like Travel and Shit Podcast. We out there. But uh, I get most of my information from family when I speak to them and from Facebook. So in terms of, you know, Facebook and stuff, some articles I've had to just stop reading. I know I started reading one about all the different things that we can kind of look forward to and I had to tap out because I know how I personally deal with anxiety and it just don't make no type of sense to stress myself out over something that I've got absolutely no control over. One, I'm not traveling anytime soon. Two, I can't change what the requirements are going to be for future travel. So it makes no sense for me to stress myself now about those things in the future. However, after kind of just taking a step back, I've given myself the space and I've given myself the grace to say, let me look into what the buzzings are so that I'm not caught off guard. Let me look into certain things that when I'm ready to travel, I don't want to be like, oh shit, this is a seven month process and I've got seven weeks until I'm ready to leave for my next trip. So I said, let me just kind of have an idea of what's going on so that when the borders open, when um, COVID um, precautions lessen, probably the best way to put it, when COVID precautions lessen and we are able to travel freely, I'm not scrambling for um, paperwork and different things that I may need when I'm ready to travel. 
One of the main things that I realized is that I'm going through my notes here, if you haven't noticed. Uh -huh. If you're watching Traveling Shit Podcast, phone case, because anything you see me in, not anything, but I'd say, what are we thinking? Maybe a smooth 40, 50% of the stuff we're going to be seen in is all going to be traveling shit. Like when the T's start rolling in, the COVID delays stop hindering these t-shirt purchases. I'm buying all the colors. You hear me? Anyway, um, let me see where it is because I found an update because in terms of you, of us travelers, we are not necessarily going to need the ha real ID. Okay. So on travel.state.gov, if you haven't noticed, this is going to be an update to, this is about future COVID travel. This is what the episode is about. Okay. Getting there. Told you boozy been drinking for past three hours. Uh, let's see. So from travel.state.gov real ID still will real ID still be enforced at airports later this year. No period. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, extended the deadline by one year until October 1st, 2021. So you have until October 1st, 2021. Beginning in October 2021, Department of Homeland Security will require customers to use a real ID to fly domestically. The most common real ID is a state-issued driver's license. A U.S. passport book and passport card are two of many alternative documents that customers can use to fly domestically if they do not have a state-issued real ID. For more information on real ID, go to DHS's website. I've mentioned in maybe the past two videos or so, give or take, that when travel restrictions are lifted, chances are that domestic travel will be the first to open. And then, uh, of course, international travel. A note about international travel when, uh, when we get there. But domestically, if I wanted to fly to California, according to um, Department of Homeland Security, I'm going to need a real ID. They have um, laxed that change, if you will, until October of 2021. So as opposed to it being the end of this year, you have until the end of next year. However, that doesn't mean that if you do need to fly come October, that, you know, if you can fly with a passport or like, well, no, if you do, do decide to fly, you can fly should they require the real ID with a passport. However, you don't need that real ID and the passport and all that kind of shit until 2021 October. They kind of let that shit go. We good. However, that's if you're going to travel this year. I'm eight. Um, in terms of travel opening up and domestic travel, everybody's kind of got the predictions that people will be doing more road trips and all that shit just because you're in your own bubble of, um, cleanliness. If I can drive to Atlanta, I'd be more inclined to drive to Atlanta than I would be to fly to Atlanta only because 
I'm only interacting with me, myself, along the journey unless I decide to stop and go to a rest area. Whereas at an airport and on airplane, I don't have the choice but to share my air and my space and be in close proximity with other people. So that on that. Um, I'm looking forward to doing a bit more domestic travel. I would love to see more of this country's national parks. I've, if you look at the thumbnail for the podcast, it's me at the Grand Canyon. And that was the first time I've been there, the only time that I've been there, and the most incredible time that I've had there. Such an enjoyable trip. I actually did a road trip from Vegas to the Grand Canyon. To the Grand Canyon. Thank you to my um, road dog to that one. Um, he drove. I didn't. And we had an incredible time. So I can absolutely see more domestic travel. I know that I personally, I'm a Queens native. I work in Manhattan. When my job opens, I'll be driving to work. It's going to be a pain in the ass to look for parking. Probably a little better than I would expect, only because there hopefully won't be too many people out on the road when it does open up again. But I would rather be in my car, in my own bubble of germs, versus on the subway around everybody's fucking germs. I don't want any parts of it. So, so I was reading an article from the dailybeast.com and two points from this article I wanted to make. One, the United States, laughing stop. Nobody fucks with us. I don't even need to go into detail why. In case you're wondering, president is a shit show. So, there's that. Uh, two, neighboring Euro countries opening borders to one another who've shared similar health restrictions and protocols to keep citizens safe. So, if you have a country like Cyprus, Greece, and let's just randomly say Italy, a lot of those countries, well, many countries depend on tourism in terms of uh, their country's GDP. That's their gross domestic product for the most part. That's how the country makes the money, right? Many countries depend on tourism. With that being said, a lot of European countries are saying, well, if me right here, if I decide to have one, two, and three health restrictions, and this country bordering me decide to have one, two, and three as the same health restrictions, we can safely say that citizens from this country can safely visit this country without basically harming each other. So they would be willing to open their borders to have countries from neighboring European um, areas come in and bolster the tourism industries in those areas. We ain't part of that mix because we don't have those same health regulations. It's a lot easier for countries that are in that same European Union to make those kind of, you know, alliances or however the fuck they want to title it, word it, phrase it. I don't fucking know. But that has been... Um, an area that some countries have looked into in terms of tourism because I want to say it's like 10% of the, yes, more than 10% of the global workforce is employed by the tourism industry. 
10% doesn't sound like a lot, but that's in terms of people that are actually employed. So think of the total number of people that there are. And then of that total number, think of the total number people that are actually employed in like on the books industry. And then of that number, 10%. That's a lot of people. So with that many people depending on tourism to support and feed their families, and with a certain, not, I won't say a lot of countries, but there are plenty of countries that really depend on tourism to really bring an income, not only to the people that live in the area, but the country in and of itself. So tourism is going to happen again. It's going to happen again. When it's going to happen is the question. And when it does happen, what types of restrictions and what types of um, protocols and procedures are we as travelers going to be willing to undergo in order to travel. So the next point was, let's see, there was a Forbes article that I had a lot of stuff listed here for. Oh, I kind of took this personally. Uh, the article is from Forbes and it was an insider's predictions on post COVID-19 adventure, um, travel. And it was posted on April 27th. Here's a quote. Exclusivity will probably be sexy again since it implies fewer people involved. Exclusivity, not exclusivity, but the fewer people end of that always been my vibe. I personally am not really someone that has, um, I'm a solo traveler. So for me, I bite the bullet and bear the brunt of sometimes paying the solo traveler surcharge, which might I add makes sense. If someone, if I'm booking an excursion, it, I've only seen it in certain regions, like certain countries, and then I've only seen it, um, I won't say only, but because I only booked through either Expedia, Travelocity, or Airbnb. I feel like I've seen it on all three platforms, but in different areas. Some areas will charge you for being a solo traveler. Now, I understand that if I'm requesting say um let's just say picking the person up and bringing them to wherever the excursion happens and then dropping them back off after chauffeuring them around throughout the extent of the experience if it's just one person or if it's 27 people you're obviously going to make more money if you have more people on the experience so it's going to be the same cost for example as opposed to picking somebody up from it's as opposed to picking four people up from their airbnbs hotels or whatever it's going it'll cost more if you pick them up individually versus if you pick them up from one spot but all that being said when you travel solo sometimes you have to be prepared to pay a surcharge for being the one person that is going on the experience because the person that is hosting the experience makes less. Either way, they're making some money, 
because you're fucking there. That's the way I look at it. You're getting something as opposed to nothing. So you're rather just me as opposed to just nobody. But to each their own. I will pay that surcharge if it's something that I really want to do. But if post-COVID people are looking for experiences that have fewer people so that they are less at risk for getting sick, me personally as a solo traveler, I'm just a little bit worried that it's going to pe become a new trend and then since it's in higher demand, supply and demand, the cost will go up. So as a solo traveler, it's one of those things that I'm now kind of, ooh, got my eye on, listening to, seeing whether or not it's one of those things that is going to be an added expense for me once travel opens back up. I'm not looking to do things by myself because it's healthier or it's, you know, it puts me at less risk for catching something from somebody else. I'm doing things by myself because I'm only traveling. I'm only traveling by myself. It's just me. I don't have anybody to do anything else with. And that is my choice in how I travel. So for me, as a solo traveler, it's one of those things that now is on my radar in terms of when I'm looking at the cost of things, I'm looking to see in the when I book in the future, I'm looking to see if there's going to be an upcharge if they're starting to now sell me on the idea of small groups or just you exclusive tour or exclusive experience or solo experience they're going to be selling that as something that they can charge more for where i was booking it that way to begin with you know what i mean so that's one thing that i'll definitely have my eye on when travel opens back up uh let's see the other thing that i had note of was Okay, so let me just read what I have here. Um, one of the quotes was, much of travel, much of adventure travel involves venturing off into, no, much of adventure travel involves venturing into off the beaten path destinations, which can have safety and hygiene standards that are very different from what most American travelers are used to. How can travelers visit these places in a healthy and a safety, in a healthy and safe way? Do we need to rethink the way we venture around the world? So, I'm going to, uh, for a second, let me start with saying I recognize my privilege in what I'm about to say. And it's kind of one of those things where have these people been to third world, third world countries before. I take offense to the question, again, in recognizing my own privilege because this is how some people live normally. So it's kind of like saying if, like the question implies that people that don't have indoor plumbing or people that don't culturally normally use say toilet paper, if you will, live a subpar or a less than life. Just because it's not the life that we as Americans live or it's not something that we are used to doesn't mean that it is less than. 
So for one, you should have always been washing your fucking hands. I'm gonna look right into the camera and tell you that shit. We haven't broke, we haven't broken eye contact for that right there. Should have always been washing your hands. However, in certain instances, in certain situations, depending on where you are and where at in that destination you may be, you may not have a sink readily at your disposal. Me, knowing that depending on what the fuck it is I'm doing, I want to wash my hands before I do the next thing or I want to wash my hands or clean my hands after I do said thing. I travel with antibacterial, um, with antibacterial, not soap, but like, um, you know, the, the, the stuff, the gel, antibacterial hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. Shit, thank you. I travel with that. I also travel with mad napkins because I've been to plenty of country where it's not the norm to have toilet tissue in the bathroom. It's, it's just not a thing. A lot of places just don't have soap in the bathroom if you could even, you know, find a working sink. So not everybody travels the same way. We don't all do that shit. I personally love a good cultural immersive, culturally immersive experience. So I have come into instances where in Casablanca, I remember I went with my tour guide and we went to a location that women of the community would come to and they would teach the young girls how to uh, weave carpets and rugs and tapestries and all of that. So we had been traversing the area for hours and by this point had to use the restroom. Went to the bathroom, no toilet tissue. Okay, and there was like no paper towels or anything afterwards to wash my hands. But you know what? Bet you after that, I learned to walk around with fucking toilet paper and antibacterial stuff. So that even if there's no soap, I can rinse my fingers off. But then I can antibacterial and uh, be clean to whatever standard I want it to be in my mind. Same thing happened in... Um, I was, was it Indonesia? Yeah, it was fucking Indonesia. I was in Bali and I was going to, for the life of me, I was just talking about it during the week. One of the places that y'all see in all the Instagram pictures and all that kind of shit, I'd gone there, I was walking around and it's one of the temples and I want to say, no, I'm going to say it wrong so I'm not going to say it. I'd gone to one of the places, it was a temple beautiful outside of what everybody's taking a picture of all the shit around it is beautiful as well it's one of the things that always drives me crazy people get so caught up in taking an instagramable photo or taking the photo that they've seen on instagram that they miss the beauty that's surrounding them there's so much stuff to be you know admired and just to be not inherited but to be taken in and to be appreciated that it just it's one of those things where watching 500 people stand in line to take one picture versus just kind of watching a hundred people I guess if you will walk around and just explore the area around them and just take in the 
the beauty that's there for free. It's just kind of like, you guys are all missing all of this for that. But, neither here nor there. Had to use the bathroom there too. First of all, it was basically a hole in the ground. It was a tiled hole in the ground, but it's one of those things where you had, to, I think, I don't know if I did it right, I think you gotta take water out of like a big receptacle and then like pour it into the toilet to flush the water. I don't know, I don't fucking know. No sink, no toilet paper. It's essentially a hole, a hole in the fucking ground. It is what it is. If you gotta pee, that's where you're gonna go. And it's not necessarily what you're used to, but you do what you gotta do. All that being said, this, uh, just the idea of washing your hands is now a concern. First of all, washing your hands should have always been a concern. Second of all, not everybody, culturally, not everybody necessarily does it. And you have to be aware of these things as you're traveling. So if you want to wash your hands, if you want to wipe your ass, you make sure you have the tools necessary so that you can get that shit done. It's kind of like going to another country and expecting them to speak your language. I will not go to Mexico and expect someone to necessarily speak to me in English. You don't get to say, I'm a tourist, speak English. It's not how it works. So if you're looking to do certain things that you do at home, make sure that you have the tools appropriate to get the things done. So that's that. Um... I don't, one note I put here, I don't know why I'm so surprised how gross some people are. Washing your hands has always been a thing to me. Let's see what the next one is. I had another, hmm, okay, so this one was a Bloomberg article titled The Future of Travel in the COVID Era. What you need to know, this was just written on May 8th. One of the quotes was, in all, the tourism industry employed, employs 300 million people. 300 million people, y'all. Yeah. Especially in developing countries, these jobs can represent pathways out of poverty and opportunities for cultural preservation. So another note that I've noticed is that a lot of times tourism tends to finance um shit what's the the word i'm looking for like if you go on a safari in africa someplace like a lot of the money that you're paying for tickets and uh, the cost of entry is going towards preservation so without that money coming from tourism, preservation may be seeing a little, it, it, it may be taking a, a hit. Also, mom and pop businesses, as well as mom and pop shops and locations, brick and mortar, but as well as people that are providing for their families doing Airbnb experiences, people that are tour guides that are um, 
contracted out by larger companies are also suffering suffering right now a lot of people actually depend on tourism in order to support their families um but additionally the break that we are taking from being tourists and from traveling for leisure consider how much of a rest a lot of areas of the planet actually needed so i know that i want to say it's machu picchu was close to closing to the public in terms of being a tourist destination because of the erosion that was happening from so many people consistently visiting and walking the trails. This has definitely put a pause on that. I don't know that it'll, you know, stay open too much longer, but this is keeping, in terms of sustainability, a lot of destinations um, is keeping people from traipsing all over these places and is keeping people from can it's giving the world a fucking break so is it great yes it's also something that when you consider people coming back to travel considering that they are less likely to want to be in heavily populated destinations areas that are a little further out people going more to rural destinations and more uh, secluded destinations is likely going to be more attractive to people that are going to be able to travel again so for example one of the um, examples that they'd given was Italy. As opposed to people coming to metropolitan Rome, where it's a city. People are, thousands of people are in, you know, not small spaces, but it's thousands of people walking around the city at one time. Whereas they, people coming to Italy are more likely, post-COVID of course, in the interest of being in areas that aren't um, heavily populated and aren't densely populated are going to be going to more rural destinations or destinations further out in the country um, or just less populated than very metropolitan areas because it uh, presents less of a health risk, if you will, because the idea of you just not being surrounded by thousands of people is going to act is really going to be attractive to a lot of people so places that aren't necessarily equipped for tourism may see an increase in tourists visiting the destinations also places that you may have had a more culturally immersive experience in you may need to be prepared for what your trip may be like with more people in the area because more people are now going to be interested and attracted to um, vacation destinations, if you will, where there are going to be fewer people. So for those of us that kind of enjoy the off-beaten path and for those of us that enjoy being outside of the cities, Consider that this is going to be now a more attractive um, destination for people that weren't necessarily interested in it prior. Uh, additionally, 
with people looking to not be in densely populated areas, look, consider your Airbnb may be a little bit harder to grab now because people are going to forego the hotels with the shared elevators, excuse me, and just shared common spaces for more secluded housing. And now all of a sudden, Airbnb, now mind you, Airbnb has been popping long before this, but consider now that people are going to be looking to book Airbnbs because it's you and yours. If you travel solo, you ain't got to ride that elevator with God knows how many other people within an hour, let alone within the day. Now you can just walk into your apartment, turn keys, the luxuries of being home. Now mind you, the cleanliness can kind of go both ways. I think that people assume that hotels are better cleaned than Airbnbs, but I personally trust the cleanliness of an Airbnb more so than I trust the cleanliness of a hotel. One, because in my, in my mind, the turnover rate is a little bit less than in an Airbnb than it would be in a hotel. I'm expecting a hotel to be booked and busy continuously. Whereas an Airbnb, there may be two, three days between, you know, me and the next person. And if not, this is still somebody's, this is somebody's property. I am more inclined to believe that someone that owns this house is either going to pay someone to actually clean it well, or to clean it themselves and make sure that it's a little bit better cleaned for me versus someone that is at a hotel. That's just my personal belief. I ain't got no scientific research to back the shit up. I just think that it's more than likely a little bit cleaner at an Airbnb than it is at a hotel. I could be fucking wrong. However, I'm also one of those people that, I, that just, just doesn't like to touch a lot of shit if I don't need to. I also believe in washing my hands. I try not to touch my face that often. And that's just something that I've always done because my mom just kind of that germ crazy and she raised my brother and I to be the same. So there's that on that. Consider that you may have a more difficult time booking your Airbnb now. Let's see, what was the next thing? Hmm, okay, so this is still, this is still the Bloomberg article. Um, and instead of congestion and delays, they must contend with the newly unnerving reality of near empty skies. Several pilots reported that their radios often fell silent, which was unheard of previously on busy airways. Worried that his equipment had malfunctioned, one said he had recently radioed air traffic after a lengthy silence. Yeah, we're still here, a controlled replied. The only one for 300 miles. I never would have considered the safety in the sky possibly until that so um yeah i don't know how air traffic control works i can't really say that i'm all that interested but consider that it just may not be as safe flying in the sky if there aren't that many vehicles in the sky if you will this is something that again i am not professionally um educated to tell you guys about 
but a bitch can read. And I trust Bloomberg.com. And that's one of the notes that was in that last article that was future travel in COVID in the COVID era, May 8th. You can look it up yourself. And the pilot had definitely said that there was some level of apprehension because he hadn't heard from air traffic control. Now, granted, if you're the only one for 300 miles, you're not necessarily at risk for crashing into somebody else. However, who the fuck else knows what all else is up there that you may bump into? I don't. I don't want my pilots to be a little bit unnerved about the shit either. So there's that on that. But consider that with the changes in what the norm for travel is, that it's not as simple a fix or it's not as simple as just, you know, what's happening with us as the passenger. There are a lot of other moving parts that have to be considered and um, kind of be um, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of different parts that have to be factored in in terms of keeping everybody safe. And one of those things in terms of keeping everybody safe is a what do you call it? Uh, looking for the thing. Immunity passport. There it is. I can only speak for myself. I personally do not believe in the flu shot. Not interested in taking it. For me and my lifestyle now. It's just me and the dog. She's here in my lap. I personally would rather just get the fucking flu. I get the flu, it's the flu, God willing, not wood, I recover, go back on my merry way. The idea of a vaccine doesn't fucking interest me. Same thing with this COVID. I personally am not interested in any vaccine. However, as a traveler, if they put in place that I need to show some type of vaccine documentation to get into another country, that's a different fucking story. A lot of places you can't go without your malaria um, pills and your malaria vaccine or your yellow fever and all those other vaccines that they want you to have in order for you to come into the country. I know that that for one, has kept me personally from visiting different countries in Africa because there are a list of different vaccines that you have to have in order to go. Personally, I wasn't raising myself as a child, so I don't have access to that paperwork. And I know for damn well, mama don't have the paperwork of all the different vaccines that I've gotten over the course of my life, so I'd have to do what's called titers. And not going to lie to you, don't really want to go through the work to actually get all that done. As much as I'll sit through a tattoo, I don't fucking like needles. So will I eventually do it? Yes, because I intend to go to Africa. And by Africa, I mean not Casablanca. If you're paying attention, you know I mentioned Casablanca. Is Casablanca in Africa? Yes, the fuck it is. However, that to me doesn't really constitute Africa, Africa. To me, it's not my Africa. That's more Middle East Africa. But 
again, another conversation for another day. Immunity passports. There has been absolutely no proof. Hold on, I wrote this down. As of 424, there is currently no evidence that people who have recovered from COVID-19 are subsequently immune to the disease. The World Health Organization, who, WHO, stressed on Saturday, cautioning against the use of so-called immunity passports. So essentially what they'd be doing is saying you um, recovered from COVID-19, so you've now got an immunity passport. And because what the immunity passport implies is that if you had the disease and recovered, you'll have the antibodies in your bloodstream. And when taking the test, you will show that you have the antibodies and it will be considered an immunity passport, considering that you had it and you've recovered. But like the science niggas just said, there's no guarantee that you can't catch the shit again. So what we doing with immunity passports? It's not likely going to be something that is going to keep us in or out of the sky, but dumber things have been done. So again, this ain't what my degree is in. Just reading the articles, okay? I, I personally have absolutely no desire for a vaccine for this COVID or plenty of other things. However, if it is contingent on me seeing the rest of the world, shoot a bitch up. Give me whatever the fuck you need to give me because I'll be out. Personally, I would like to be able to travel without having one. And I would say that I would frequent places where I didn't necessarily need to have a COVID uh, vaccine to travel at first. I'd rather it get a little bit of, give it to somebody else before you give it to me, basically. I would prefer a little time go past before I get mine. This way we could knock out all the shit that's gonna go wrong and then give me the good shit, you know what I mean? But um, just my thoughts on the matter. I personally don't want to have a COVID vaccine should I not need one. What else were they talking about post-COVID? Plenty of articles I had to just kind of take a step back from just because stress. Stress now for what? Because I'm not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Still can't leave. Did the off-beaten path. That one's Bloomberg. Congestion. Fox. Oh. Um, said that already. Oh, this was a good really one. So, shout out to... Hopefully I don't butcher your name. Jessica Nabongo. Essentially, um, the young lady that did was the first black woman to travel to all the countries recognized by the UN. And she basically said, and I think that Europeans and Americans for the first time are going to feel what it's like to have an undesirable passport for a while. Some countries, if, even if they do open up, may not allow the entry of American citizens or European citizens. We've been fucking up. Not we individually, but we as countries, United States and European countries, have not all had, let me speak for the Americans. 
we know our president ain't shit. It's fucking it up across the board in plenty of different areas. But this COVID shit right here, absolutely fucking it up. That being said, they don't want us. And I don't fucking blame them. I would absolutely keep the borders closed to Americans considering the way this country is handling the way the disease is being, um, not treated, but the way that the disease is being managed across the board here and these here United States of Belefuck America. Let's see. Government mandated quarantines on arrival or re-entry could become the norm, making international travel out of reach for people with limited vacation time. So people like me, who although have quite the number of weeks off for the year, can't necessarily take two weeks in a row for vacation. So if I'm required to quarantine back home for anything longer than, say, a day or two, my vacation is shot. If it takes me, you know, now, mind you, if you're budget traveling, you're likely going to have one to two or three different layovers when you're traveling. So getting from point A to point B might take you an entire 47 hours, maybe. Let's just randomly say 47 hours. If it took you 47 hours to get there, let's just say you lucked out and it only takes you 20 hours to get home. That's already a strong three days, four days out of your travel. Five if you want to fucking sleep at any point. You just got to kind of get your life back in order. All that being said, half your trip right there is already spent traveling. You spent a weekend getting there, a weekend getting back. If you have to have any time to quarantine where you need to stay to yourself before you can be reaccepted back into the country of some sort or before you can be let out of your home or whatever, how are you getting back to work? How much time do you really have? I can take one week at a time. And in that week, I do not have any desire to carve out time to be quarantined any fucking where. Least you be confined on a quarantine when you get there. Can you imagine getting to a beautiful destination and being stuck in your fucking house? If you don't have a private pool or like beach access right out in your backyard, what the fuck are you traveling for? You know what I mean? It's like, what are you getting to enjoy? Unless people are coming to you and offering you services, but then is that really quarantine? No. If they're monitoring it by some chance or form then you're fucked you know what i mean so i'm hoping that new travel depending on where it is now i can see if it's in certain areas but being that we are the shit show of the world here in these united states i can see us being the ones that have to quarantine for five days to ten days when we get someplace in order for other countries to feel comfortable with us being within their borders so that, I'm hoping, doesn't really see itself through because that's really going to fuck up a lot of us that only have a week to travel. Um, and I think that was all of the... Oh, no, right. Boom, this one. All right, so last point. Not only are 
So flights, for the most part, I'd read someplace they are considering would be a little bit cheaper only because you kind of got to convince people to get back into the 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 flow of traveling again. You know, you kind of got to talk some people to get back into the air. The majority of people don't necessarily want to spend, excuse me, a large, a large portion of their time in airports or on airplanes. I personally am not that worried about airports per se, more so airplanes. In an airport, granted we're in that queue, we're in that line depending on whether or not you got pre-check or not. I have pre-check so God willing my shit will not, I will not be confined to being around that many people longer than maybe 30 minutes. But once I get on that plane all over a hundred people or whomever we're all sharing that same fucking air six feet or not the air from that nigga in the back is going to get to me in the front even if i'm in the back air from the niggas in the front is going to get to me in the back we're sharing the same air same as the pilot and the same as them flight attendants that god bless them had to be on a flight an hour ago with people on an entire uh, another hundred people that were on an entirely different flight going someplace else so the the whole airline thing mm, y'all not necessarily looking forward to it just because we all share in that air so that's one thing however the flight prices may not be that bad because they gotta talk us into putting ourselves through being around that many people in such close quarters Consider, however, when you actually do book your experience or your excursion or your activities when you go to these destinations, that there's likely going to be a surcharge for sanitation. Here's the quote. Would you want to share gloves? And, and this, again, is from the Vox article, The Era of Peak Travel is Over, posted 422. And it says, would you want to share gloves and helmets with others again? And are you prepared to wait while the equipment is sanitized thoroughly before your turn? Aspiring zipliners will likely be asked to spring for their own gloves and helmets and sanitation costs might be factored into the price tag. And that was based on um, ziplining. I went ziplining in Costa Rica. Absolutely love this shit. Was scared scared out of my ass for the first time but once you get that tiny little baby zip out the way you're good to go i was i was zipping across the fucking forest the jungle the rainforest whatever it was i was over the trees mentioned that last week all that being said you don't really think about the shared equipment that you have with these people you get into um the little harness and mind you you're putting on a harness that somebody else has just been touching and adjusting which for the most part you don't do that much adjusting because in my experience i was adjusted they put the harness on me and wiggled it around for me them gloves though you put your hands in them gloves that you got from somebody else same thing with the helmet so you're sharing equipment from other people. Consider if you are doing some type of artistic, if you're doing um, like an artistic event, if you do like a painting or if you book something where 
you might do even horseback riding where you're on the same saddle you're holding the same thing on the saddle and you've got the helmet or whatever essentially whatever experience that you're going to go on life vests you're going to be sharing stuff with other people personally i don't really think about it because it's life i ride the fucking subway you know what i mean so we're all touching the same surfaces in a lot of different instances and it just takes common sense to not take you know touch your face put your hands in your mouth but, you know, if you're going to eat after, it's a thing. Y'all, germs have never been new. Germs have never been new. But what I believe that the majority of people are really um, worried about and stressing over is that COVID in particular is just so much more contagious. It's just much more easily transmitted from person to person because it is airborne and it can be um you know transmitted that way and apparently it can stay on some surfaces i haven't heard anything definitive about what surfaces and how long it stays on certain surfaces and honestly the flu has always been out there common cold has always been out there granted the flu could kill you but it ain't killing you like covid i don't want anybody's germs so I'm trying to avoid them all. However, consider that when you do start traveling again, sanitation, 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 companies that are worth their skin in the game are going to be cleaning shared surfaces a lot more and that price is likely going to be added into your cost of entry. So in some areas, expect to pay more expect to not be the only person expect to well expect to possibly be the only person or pay an upcharge to be the only person because all of a sudden now it's going to be a trend fair but possibly expect to pay more you're going to pay more for sanitation you're going to pay more for you know the exclusivity of an event and there's a lot of things that may actively come up that we're not expecting my personal advice to you all is pay attention to a certain degree however don't over pay attention don't stress yourself out ain't gonna do you any good regardless of what you want to think about now when it comes time for you to travel you will have the resources hopefully to you know figure out what the requirements for your destination are going to be until then honestly you can't do anything about it we don't even know when this shit is going to truly come to a nosedive i don't know the scientific name for it or like the medically acceptable term for what it is but you can't do anything about it so chill stay safe if you have the luxury to stay home and you know just work on yourself work on your mental health try to stay as sane as you can i know that the shit is rough y'all i am personally going through it 
I miss affection more than anything else. I have absolutely no problem with staying in my house. I don't really go out. I'm not exactly a social person that's out and about and mixing and whatnot. I ain't really out here. However, I miss adult time. I miss being around um, people, you know, for um, adult needs. Other than that, personally, I don't have any real issue with being in the house, but I know that a lot of people are really struggling with not being able to see family, with not being able to see their loved ones, with not, some people, um, extroverts, I know that this may be really difficult for you. So a lot of people are really, really struggling right now especially considering we're a month if not two depending on when you were quarantined in the crib so do the best you fucking can give a little grace not everybody is mentally where you are not everybody is able to stay home as easily as you may be not everybody is in a not everybody has a safe home environment and um, a lot of people may actually just be safer outside. Do we all want everybody to stay inside and healthy and washing their hands? Of course we do. But inside isn't always great for everybody and we don't all have the same life experiences. So I would just, just ask that everybody please just try to give everybody some grace everybody just a little bit of leeway and take a little bit of the judgment and keep it to your fucking self that is my personal request of my audience just grace just grace that's it so if you are interested in merch if you're watching on the instagrams you're seeing some of the lovely merch that uh is available now i'm trying to do the uh the youtube you know cover the back thing here so you guys can see i don't know it, that's not working uh we've got mugs and magnets and oh there's even motherfucking socks I'm excited about those um, t-shirts the t-shirts are definitely delayed from the printer so if you ordered a t-shirt hold tight it's on its way uh, what else mugs magnets sock crew socks t-shirts tote bags phone cases love the phone case it's pending a little bit of an adjustment uh that's it for the merch there's something else can't really remember what it is if you're interested in checking out what it is just go to travelingshippodcast.com go to the shop tab um absolutely sign up for the mailing list i don't want to send i don't want to write a million emails so i'm absolutely not going to send you a million emails but sign up for the mailer You'll definitely get notified of when there's a new episode, if I post something on the website, if there are any giveaways, new sponsors, just 
travel and shit assorted information if you will um and you're also entered into um a chance to win a gift card from jordansjungle.net my personal favorite spot to get all my plants since i'm in the house i've absolutely been focusing on the green babies in my life and um i i really do love the plants that i got from jordan jungle they all came healthy they all came very full even though they were four inch uh pots like the nursery pots i was expecting them to kind of be like little seedlings they were full ass plants y'all so definitely check out jordan jungle i also have a 15 percent off discount code in my um bio on instagram if you are interested um and if you're a listener i would really appreciate you taking the listener survey like the podcast on whatever platform you listen to um leave a review if you're feeling froggy and shit i'd appreciate it it just helps for analytics and stuff of the sort so y'all this is going to be quite the editing feat because i tried to get y'all better footage for the youtubes so i'd appreciate you watching this shit on youtube um i connected the old ass dslr and you know try to get you a clean picture here so that you can see these eyebrows and this uh hair that needs to be cut but all that being said thank you for listening i appreciate you guys being here if you listen this far you a real one i appreciate you that's it I will see you guys next week. All of my love, stay home, stay safe, stay healthy, and that's it. Bye.